Hello, and thanks for tuning in to the Totally Wong Podcast. I'm Eric Wong. Uh, before we get started, this is the last episode of Season 3, and it's the last of a three-parter on Haunted Archer Avenue. This one focuses on the murder of Diane Masters. Uh, this is a Zachary-led episode. Um, now, this is going to be the last episode of Season 3, because right now, Zach moved to Seattle. We're trying to figure out how we're going to record and uh, get that going. I have episodes planned and prepared for season four. Uh, just need editing, but going on a little hiatus, I got a lot to do. I'm getting married. You know, takes time. <laughs> but uh, I'll be back in the fall, hopefully September. But uh, I hope you enjoy this episode. the show <laughs> i'm eric wong i'm zach green welcome to the totally wong podcast hey it's oh, that's the name of the podcast i got the right one yeah thank god uh if you like this show check out the other show uh that i'm on zach's on a couple episodes yeah it came from the video store where we talk about movies and uh mainly horror movies and mainly shitty superhero movies yeah uh, we actually uh, talked about uh, Haunted Archer in another episode. I don't know if it's before or after this one. But, well, I was I was promoting it came from the video store. Oh. Talked about Haunted Archer. Oh, sorry. I was looking at my notes. I, I actually like lost, <laughs> lost focus for Wrong podcast. Uh, what, what are we talking about uh, today, Zachary? Uh, today we're talking about Diane Masters, the murder of Diane Masters. Uh, funny. Enough. There's some amendments to what we talked about in the Haunted Archer episode about Diane. Uh, she was murdered by her husband. That's true. That happened. Wow, spoiler, right? Right? Yeah, right, right, right. right. Um, there's a lot more to it. There's a reason she's... Uh, we're going to go into the reason why she haunts the Willow Springs Police Department. That's a very good reason. And we're going to go over... Um, oh, so it's the Willow Springs Police Department. Yeah. So... Wow, okay. I thought it was the Summit Police Department. No, or, she she haunts the Willow Springs Police Department. Man, I drove past the wrong police department. That's all So good. wait, is that the one that's right by uh, Mannheim Road? Yeah. Man, I gotta go drive past it again. Yeah, you do. But it's, um, let's see. Let's go over, let's go over the basic information about Diane Masters. Diane Masters disappeared in March of 1982. Uh, her husband, the next day. How uh, was she? She was... Shit, I lost it. <laughs> didn't think you were going to ask me that. No, I didn't think you were going to ask me that. You can look it up, people. No, but for real, um, she uh, she and her husband, Alan Masters, lived in the neighborhood and lived in the town of Willow Springs. Um, the night she disappeared, her husband, Alan, had been making calls until 2 a.m. looking for her. He knows she liked to go hang out with uh, her friends after her board meetings. She was a... Uh, uh, and go to the bars and do everything like that. And he, uh, then the next day, called the Cook County Sheriff's Police. They responded. He wanted to report that his wife was missing. She hadn't come home from work from her board meeting the night before. 
and he was worried. Uh, two officers responded. Two patrol officers for the Chico County Sheriff's Police Department responded. They started questioning Allen. He uh, had no information other than he knew she went out with her friend, usually goes out with her friends. He went to her meeting that night before, and that he hadn't seen her since then. Um, halfway through the questioning, a lieutenant arrived on scene, a Lieutenant James Keating from the Vice Department of the Cook County Sheriff's Police. He, um, he just arrived on scene. There was no radio report of uh, any need, need for any backup. He just decided to show up, oddly enough. Mm-hmm. He uh, asked Alan if he could check the house just to see around. Alan, who said he had nothing to hide, let him do it. And they continued to question Alan about his wife's disappearance. The husband did it. <laughs> the husband always does The it. husband usually does it. That's true. I think the only... Some people might argue on this. Now he's confused the Petersons. Oh, yeah. Can we just talk about... Uh, okay, so we had this, this Scott Peterson and Drew Peterson both on... I, I don't want to say that they, happened in our childhood. That was like... In our... In our teens In our teenage... Uh, childhood for Scott... Uh, or Drew... Wait, no. Which one is Scott? Scott Peterson's the one who... Lacey Peterson were her body washed up in California, like right off uh, the Bay Area. Yeah. He's the one who murdered his pregnant wife. Supposedly, because I do know there's evidence that it came out that might actually clear him or, or help him. I mean, from what I know about him, the dude's still a piece of shit. Yeah, well, yeah so, 100% a piece of shit. But, I mean... He may also just be the most unluckiest man if if it's true. Oh, so he's like OJ. Because I I did <laughs> I, I I did research on him because I did a deep dive on, on yeah. uh, Scott Peterson and a couple podcasts even admitted like there was stuff that came out about him that may actually shift your opinion on him. Hmm. But he's still a piece of shit. Yeah. Um. And then I just recently found out, and I never knew this because this happened when you know we were like 12, 13. I never knew Drew Peterson was from Bolingbrook. Yeah, you didn't know that? Never fucking knew that. No, he was like, that's why it was so crazy. That's why like in Chicago area, it was like heavily reported too. Because I like, don't, see, this is before I paid attention to the news. Oh, yeah. I mean, I did watch like Unsolved Mysteries and Serial Killer documentaries, but like nothing nothing really current yeah it was always just like jack the ripper kind of stuff yeah jack the ripper i was a nine-year-old though who knew what the son of sam was so how fucked up was that that's pretty messed up eric (laughs) Uh, but uh but yeah grew up on robert stack yeah he's a he's a local hero i'm sorry hometown (laughs) man local guy local man murders his wife and puts her in a tupperware box and just sends her down the river is that what happened that's what they think happened he uh a friend of him said that he asked him the like night. Oh wait, that was Drew Peterson. That was Drew Peterson. Somebody, uh, some a friend of his, was like, yeah, he asked me to come help him move this Tupperware and like box and like container and dump it in the river. Ooh, yeah. So I'm surprised for now. This case didn't uh, die masters. I don't. I didn't hear about it until you brought it up for the episode. And you, you didn't even like research it. You stumbled upon it. I stumbled upon it. And um, the incredible thing about this is. Uh, they, I, I only know, I only found out, and during the episode, the only thing I knew was that Di, that Alan Masters had arranged for a hitman to kill his wife. What I didn't know <laughs> is that Alan Masters was a attorney for the mob. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. 
what I didn't know and the plot thickens was the only reason that Alan Masters was even in was even caught for the murder of his wife was because the FBI was investigating him for involvement in racketeering. Sounds about right, though. Oh, yeah. So, the uh, the only reason is... Okay, so, basically, this lieutenant comes in for the Cook County Sheriff's Department. He uh, He's starting to look around. They continue to ask Alan some questions, and Alan says, well, you know what? I have been hearing. He reluctantly tells him that my wife may have been having an affair, and I don't know. Maybe they ran off together. Now, correct me if I'm wrong... Wasn't, like, before they got married, wasn't she, like, his mistress? You want to hear about the history of Alan and uh, Diane Masters, Eric? Of course I do. Okay, so Alan and Diane met each other in 1969. Diane was already married to her husband, who was serving in Vietnam, and she was just out there filing the divorce papers. That's actually how they met. They met while she was filing filing to divorce her husband, and the two sparked up a relationship. For years, years and years and years, uh, the two were seeing one another. For about a decade, for the better half of uh, the 70s, they were seeing one another. She was his mistress. Mm-hmm. Um, eventually, uh, Diane was pregnant. Alan originally wanted her to get an abortion. And like the how she had hoped that he would be like, oh, I'll leave my wife and I'll be with you. So she put in an ultimatum. You either get married to me. You leave your wife and you marry me, or I'm out. It's over. So, given the uh, not everything, not not everything is look who's talking. No, not everything's look who's talking. Not at all. Actually, no, he didn't do that either. That's just what she wanted. Yeah, it's just what she wanted. For those of you listening, what's look who's talking? John Travolta, Kirstie, Kirstie uh, Alley. You know when she was in her prime. I guess yeah. you say talking you... baby is Bruce Willis. Cheesy, but great movie. Oh, yeah, it is a pretty great movie, honestly. Uh, Look Who's Talking To is not good. I like all of them. Really? I got the whole collection. Oh, God. I don't know why you like the other ones. The third one's a Christmas movie, and it's got puppies. I never watched... Ew! That's so. What is wrong with you? Two is actually my favorite. You know, this guy's an evil person, but I think there's something seriously wrong. That's like when Travolta was in his prime. Yeah, it was. Um, Oh, so, um... So... Uh, Diane finally got married to Alan, and then they had their daughter uh, about a year later. On their honeymoon, Alan decided to take another couple with them to their honeymoon. Diane and Alan didn't spend any time together on their honeymoon. What the fuck? Isn't that fucking Who the hell double, like, double honeymoons? Yeah. Was it like another married couple, or just like, hey, come, we're going to Hawaii, come with us? Yeah. The next five years, I believe they got married in 1976. The I next, if he was trying to like uh, swing. He might have been trying to swing, like wife swap kind yeah, of. Yeah, a little bit of a like a little bit of a key, mini key party, vacation honeymoon key party. I mean, he murdered his wife, so we already know he's a piece of shit. He so. is a piece of shit, and he's a mob lawyer, so he's definitely a piece of shit. So um, the next sixty years, Diane and uh, Diane and Alan had a very tumultuous marriage. Um, Diane was very prominent in the community of Willow Springs. She actually uh, really fought over from 1988 to 1982, up to her disappearance, uh, to open a battered woman's shelter in the area. Uh, she was on the board for the Moraine Valley College, oh, Community College. Irony of yeah, that. well, she was very passionate about I it wonder, because of her I own situation. Oh, funny you say that, Eric. He was. 
Um, it was funny about it, but yeah, I know nothing funny about it, but yes, he was, he was, uh, it was well known between their friends and family that, uh, Alan was very abusive emotionally, physically, all of it, um, towards Diane. And that's part of why she was so passionate about that, uh, mm-hmm. that women's shelter project, um, around 19, uh, around, uh, 1981, about October of 1981, Diane, uh, started having an affair with a uh, professor or with an economics professor whose name I could never find except in one documentary, which I will recommend at the end of the episode. I did see a doc. I, I just didn't have time though. I, I work six days a week, people. Um, <laughs> if you do want to, I will mention it right now. Um, it's on YouTube. I'll mention it at the end of the episode, but it's in depth on the investigation that the FBI had mm-hmm. in terms of this, uh, this murder and this uh, racketeering case. But uh, yeah, they, they, uh, she uh, started having an affair with this economics professor until one night when uh, Alan find, uh, Diane had gone when they were at her and her uh, her uh, what do you call a male mistress? I think it's still a mistress. Really? Or a mister? <laughs> <laughs> I will Google this. Her and her, her and her uh, lover, I guess, were at a bar, and she had called the uh, she had called home to ask the babysitter how her daughter was doing when Alan answers the phone. While she's on the phone and Alan's berating her on the phone. It is a mister or a paramour. Yeah. Oh, paramour. Not Ooh. the band. A paramour is just the name of a secret lover. Secret lover. <laughs> That's what they were. But um, so uh, while she's on the phone, her uh, lover is sitting at the table having a cigarette back in the day. Crazy times. Um, her lover was having a cigarette and an unknown man came and asked him what his name was and then he's like oh my name is so-and-so so-and-so and And he said oh you're the guy who works at the college right you're an economics professor and he says like he according to him he's like uh yes and he's like cool interesting and then when uh the lover asked this unknown man who he was the unknown man just walked away yeah yeah that's that's uh very scary and I would not want to be involved with her. That's anymore. when you leave town. Yeah, he uh I believe his words were the message was very clear even though it wasn't spoken to me. It was stay away from Diane or you're going to end up like Diane. Unfortunately. Um That's, so I mean the only way you can make it any more creepier like oh you live in so and so so and so and drive and yeah. blah 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 Illinois like oh that's but you don't know my name. <laughs> <laughs> so fast forward to uh, March of 1982. Uh, the officers are done questioning uh, Alan. The walkout with uh, Lieutenant James uh, Keating. And immediately on the walkway of Alan's house, Keating says, we're done investigating Alan. He's not a suspect. Oh, the uh, officer, another lieutenant who's a patrol, mm-hmm. patrol lieutenant, is like, um, first of all, no. What? What are you talking about? Your vice. Why are you overstepping into my investigation? Uh, second of all, he's obviously a suspect. Very, very clearly a suspect. Husband is always a suspect. Husband is always a suspect in these things. Uh, the two of them start getting into a fist fight, into a heated argument, when the Willow Springs police chief happens to be driving by and breaks up the fight. That was to uh, Chief Willow Springs uh, police chief was a name guy by the name of Michael Corbett. Michael Corbett Jr., not Sr., <laughs> what a terrifying! <laughs> we got to make sure we're clear. Uh, Michael Corbett just happened to be driving by Alan's house, and he decided to break up the fight. It was at that point that the uh, Lieutenant Keating said, 
you're off the you're off this case and he kicked these two he ended the case and he handed it over to the willow springs police department and at that point it was over it took nine months for them to find diane's body the only I was reason to say like how, how long did it take to find the body because they're investigating already like so where did, where did they find the body well before we talk about where they found the body, let's talk about a little bit about what's going on with the FBI at this time. Okay. So during this time, the FBI is uh, is working in the Chicago area, uh, mostly the suburbs, on a sting operation in order to crack down on the mafia's activities with gambling and prostitution. Uh, they were heavily involved in multiple strip clubs in the area. Um, this is called the, uh, the Spilatro family. Mm-hmm. They had multiple strip clubs and bars where there was gambling and prostitution going on on the sidelines. There was a lot of racketeering going on, and the FBI was trying their best to investigate it, but they weren't hitting any leads. Um, when they happened to hear about Alan Masters, Alan Masters was a prominent attorney in the area, and they finally were able to get in there. So at the time, the uh, they weren't the uh, mafia. The mob wasn't making enough money. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the rings because uh, through it was mostly through cash. All their dealings through cash. They realized they could make a lot more if they could get these people to use their credit cards and these customers to use their cards. But of course, no one's going to be using their card for uh, for any kind of prostitute. It's going to show up for some nightclub, and then their wives are going to find out. And then it's, there's no one's going to use that. So nobody in their right mind would. I, I mean, that just sounds stupid. <laughs> it does sound stupid. However, that's where the FBI got. Wasn't there. it like Family Guy, where you like yeah. you take that debit card, you like runs it down her ass crack or yeah. something? Yeah. Like oh that. my God. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> just fucking imagine there's a card reader in her ass crack. Uh, sign here, please. Can I get cash back? <laughs> but um, so that's where the FBI account found their in. They set up a uh, shell corp- uh, shell business called NCS National Credit Service. This way, they could uh, the strip clubs and nightclubs could use uh, the transactions as oh, it's a limo service. It's this. It's for this. It's for that. It's a credit service. That's how the FBI was finally able to get into this operation. And uh, start monitoring where their cash flow was. Of course, it's always the money. Money mm-hmm. trail is always going to get these guys. Uh, the Spilatro family was heavy, heavily involved in this. Uh, they were one of the biggest crime families in the Chicago area in the 80s. They had, an, uh, they had a pretty uh, big uh, sect in Las Vegas as well. Um, but in order to uh, stay clear of the Chicago police, they'd set up business in Willow Springs. So... In order to get something done in Willow Springs, you had to go through Chief Michael Corbett. Heavily corrupt. Super, super corrupt. It, it, the funny thing is, like, Willow Springs isn't really like a... It's such like a, a suburban... It's it's very suburban. It's But at, but I, at the time, I think even in, in, in the 80s, it was a lot... It was kind of a little bit more industrial. It still is. It still is. But I think it was a lot more industrial. So there were a lot more bars... And strip clubs and everything like that. You're going to get your workers coming off of work after a long day at the factory. Where are they going to go? They're going to go to the bar right down the street. True. It's good business. Um, so in order to get anything done in the town, if you wanted to move past, move anything, you wanted to have any kind of protection, you had to pay. You had to pay Michael Corbett. Michael Corbett would then have to get permission from Lieutenant James Keating. 
Lieutenant James Keating was a Cook County Sheriff's permission, uh, uh, officer who was a lieutenant up there. He was, again, highly corrupt, uh, was in control of a lot of officers, correction officers, patrol officers in the area throughout the entire Cook County. And James Keating had to answer to one more person to make sure it was legally clear. Who is that person? Mm. That was Alan Masters. These three had a three-step tier basically of their own small organization where they were running everything in 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 like relation to the mafia in that area so it was alan so it was the uh, fbi would report to corbett fbi fake corporation that they mm-hmm. were using reports to corbett corbett would report to keating keating would report to alan alan would bribe the judges and the mafia would keep making their money so, I mean, at this point, when they went to go interview him, it's just, like, doing it for show. Like, hey. They're, so, the uh, they were, when they hear, so, they were just investigating Alan. They weren't really paying attention to his wife. His wife seemed to not be involved at all in any of the criminal dealings. She had seemed to have no knowledge of anything that was going on. Uh, so, they weren't really paying attention to Diane. However, they really got the attention when, next thing you know, Diane's missing? Mm-hmm. That's odd. So, what happens? The FBI makes it a part of their case. So now it's on top of murder and conspiracy to murder. It's attached to racketeering. That's an even bigger charge, and that's oh, an yeah. even bigger sentence. It's it's just big, 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 big. So now through their investigation of of these three guys, Corbett, Ma- uh, Keating, and so Masters, <laughs> they're now they're now tapped into everything. They're getting so much more evidence against. The mafia, they're getting so much more evidence against corrupt officials in these areas. So now they're going to be like, well, let's find let's find Diane. Let's start investigating what's going on with that. So now Diane Masters' case was handed over to the FBI, but they still had no body. They had no car. Uh, as, as of right now, it's not a murder case. It's a missing persons case. Mm-hmm. That is until nine months after the original report of her being missing was filed. They found her body in the Calasac so, Canal. What month does she go missing? March. March. Yeah, they didn't find her until December. Yeah, I was going to say in the wintertime. Yeah, so um, for months, they weren't searching the area of the Calasac Canal because uh, Michael Corbett, who was the police chief, was saying that was not allowing any officers to patrol in that area. He was telling officers to keep quiet. He was telling officers... Steer clear of the steer clear of the canal. Nothing's going on over he there. He managed to do that for nine months. That's he managed impressive. to do that for five months until the uh, Willow Springs Board of uh, City Council removed him for corruption charges. He mm. was he was forced to retire. So the new chief of police was like, "Okay, search your areas." They found old tire tracks, tire tracks that were nine months old, about a few months old, leading into the Calsag River, Calsag Canal, which is. Um, right off of Archer Road. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they were like, what's going on here? Finally, they get a dive team in there. There are at least 90 cars in that river. So what area was exactly she found? She was found right off of the bridge in the Calsac Canal, like right there. But in the, uh, in the canal, they found at least 90 cars just dumped in the river. It was, uh, super polluted, but there was, uh, so this was... Obviously, where Michael Corbett was allowing people to dump their cars for insurance scams, he gets a little bit of a cut. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they're going through each car, pulling them out, they find Diane's Cadillac. Um, they search the car. 
Sweet. Is that right off of 83? That's off of 83, yeah. Right so, 83. Because I know if you take Archer, it turns into 83. And yeah. then, like, if you go one way, there's, like, that bridge. And that bridge will lead... You go over that bridge, and then you go almost past, uh, like, the Waterfall Glen area. Yeah, it's right around there. So she's she was found right off to the right. Right off, yeah, right at right in the river, right off the bridge. Then that to that that that's that small area that's right off to the right. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly where they found her. That's still Willow Springs too. Yeah, because when, when me and Lauren we drove down Archer, and it's like okay, you get to the end of where Archer ends, yeah. and then it it branches it, off. Yeah, because then you could take that technically all the way to Juliet. Yeah, and that's and right where it basically branches off and it goes off into that that one bridge over there. That's where it was. That's okay. where they found her. So um, they found ninety cars. They pull her out. Uh, they pull the car out. They check the they check the car. They open the trunk. They find a body, severely decayed, wrapped in a carpet. I mean, nine months. Jesus. Yeah. Uh, when doing their investigation, eerily enough, they found that the uh, clock on the watch and the clock in the car both stopped at one fifty. That's. I mean, it's a little, it's a little weird, right? That's it, definitely on the paranormalist side of it. I, I mean, I would, I would guess that time has some significance. Yeah, or maybe something else happened. So they oh. found two bullet. They found two bullet wounds in her skull, and her skull was caved in on the uh, left side. So left back. Yeah, left back side. Left back side of her. Uh, her skull was crushed in, and there were two bullet wounds in her on the uh, in her right temple. Which is a signature of the mafia. Execution. Execution style. So, well, now the investigation's opened up. Uh, The investigation's now a murder case. They uh, take it to, they take the car and the body to a morgue and a garage that is not affiliated with the police at all. That is not affiliated with the county sheriffs at all. They have one. They get one officer to work the case. One Willow Springs officer to work the case. One Cook County Sheriff's officer to work the case. And uh, the FBI, of course, is really the ones running the investigation. But on paper, the FBI is not involved. Yeah, it's it's hush hush because now this is this murder case is going to lead to us cracking down on the lawyers, cracking down on this these cops who are involved, and they had to make sure they got somebody who is not connected to anybody. So they got the new guy from they got a couple of rookies from the mm-hmm. departments, and they were like, "You're working this case, but you're not working this case." <laughs> you report to the FBI and you don't tell your superiors anything about what's going on. According to your superiors, you're stumped. Mm. Um, so months, a few months go by and they're trying to get a hold of uh, that night. when they, The next day when they find the car and they're doing their investigation, they try to get a hold of Alan Masters. And Alan seems a little bit flustered, a little bit mm. oh, riled up. Shit. <laughs> he won't talk. He won't set up meetings. So they're like, okay, well, our Alan... We're, uh, we're now we're going to keep watching them. So it takes about six through two more years and the FBI is done with their, their investigation. And now we've got five more years left until they can finally crack down on Alan and everything like that. They're collecting information. They're asking, they're asking people, Hey, uh, what do you know? They're asking friends and family of Diane. They're asking people who worked on the college board and they finally get to one person who was on the board with her who had been following her home for for months to make sure her husband didn't do anything to her because mm-hmm. her husband had got I remember when I mentioned uh that somebody had come to visit the professor when they were out at the bar yeah that was the last night that they ever 
spent time together but that professor told this friend of diane hey yeah uh this guy came up and he basically threatened to murder me if i kept hanging out with diane and she was like oh okay she mentioned that the night before her the the day uh the day after she disappeared that night was the day she was going to file her divorce papers and finalize everything and served alan they had found out that she uh a big old bowl of convenience it's a big old bowl of convenience the uh they had also found out that the board members had a life insurance policy that only really counted if um between on their trip between the school and their home so once they got home if they died they weren't going to get this life insurance policy it was a hundred thousand dollar life insurance policy that they had on them so she was uh always making sure that diane was making it home that nothing happened to her on the way to home because she knew that alan was crazy and alan was connected and she was yeah. very concerned so that night diane had actually made it home the plot thickens. So the night she disappeared, <laughs> so the night she supposedly disappeared, Diane had made it home. So they were thinking, well, this is a bit odd because her car's not there. Her car wasn't reported there when Alan said that she hadn't been there. Now everything's starting to make sense. Now they have a case. Alan, a few months after he had reported her missing, she was thirty-six. She was thirty-six. Yeah. Alan, a few months after she had uh, he had reported her missing, had gotten a judge to declare her legally deceased, and. Then went to file her, <laughs> file for uh, her insurance. So now they've got him on mail fraud. They've got him on. It's always for insurance. Right? Now he's now they've got him for sure on mail fraud. He's uh, he's a suspect for this case. But where where does it go? They finally catch the guy, who they had hired, to actually kill Diane. So now they've got all the information. They arrest him. They find out what actually happened. So. A couple weeks before Diane had been killed, they uh, these three guys had decided we got to get rid of Diane. Mm-hmm. She's a loose end. If they so they had actually we found out that the so we they actually found out that these guys had gotten wind that the FBI was investigating the mob. So they're like, she's gonna throw off this case. She's gonna get us all screwed over. We're all gonna go to jail. Diane's gotta go. Alan had decided to uh, hire a hitman to take her out. When she comes right after she came out of her meeting, halfway through, kill her, take her body, leave her car, take her, kidnap her, dump her somewhere. But what they hadn't anticipated was that she was going to come home. So Alan had instead decided to murder her there. So he took a uh, blunt object. They had never really specified what it was, but then they uh, he brains her, mm-hmm. hits her two times. She's dead. Uh, she then calls his police buddies, John, uh, Michael Corbett comes over with their assassin their hitman they take her car they take her watch they set it to one face she called no he called alan called okay i was gonna say i like wait a minute she's just said she's dead so like, alan uh alan calls his uh his friend michael mm-hmm. and the hitman michael and the hitman the uh chief my chief corbett and the hitman arrive on scene they wrap her body up in the carpet they take her to the calsac canal to their normal dumping grounds where they take their insurance fraud cars and they dump them in the river they set her watch to 150. They set her car clock to 150. Oh. That way it makes it look like they... Uh, did it at 150. They did it at 150. Not only that, but it sets the time. She didn't ever made it home. Alan's calling, making... That entire night, Alan had been making long-distance phone calls. He then started calling people until what time? 2 a.m. Alan's alibi 
places him at home at 2 a.m., making calls to family members, and then he finally goes to sleep. Okay. So setting the watches it. and the stuff to 150, that's the time she died. Obviously, the car was underwater at 150. Oh, so it was submerged in the water. It was submerged in the water, but uh, the the time, they had to make it look like that's when it was submerged. That's when it hit the water, hmm. 158 uh, p.m. So they set the clocks. They did two bullets in the head just to make it look like a mob hit and it's done jeez that's a lot you you really did go on the i told you you weren't even looking down at your notes for i wasn't looking down on my notes i have just a few i have my notes but it's mostly up here (laughs) oh man but yeah it's it's a lot more complicated than uh we originally found out but now we know why she her ghost appears at the willow springs police department because that's where she was heading. Well, no, that's where... Um, uh, so, no, I'm sorry. That's what we thought originally. That's what we thought originally. She was heading to the police department to report on her husband's suspicious activities. But it was because the chief of police is one of the people who conspired to murder her. Jeez. They were, the uh, FBI was never able to formally charge these three guys with murder. Mm-hmm. Uh, they didn't have the evidence to support that. However, they were charged with conspiracy to commit murder. They were charged with uh, a bunch of other counts, uh, racketeering charges, all of it. Fraud, insurance mail fraud, everything under the sea. Uh, Alan had to serve... Oh, that's gross. I burped. <laughs> Alan, uh, Alan was uh, sentenced to 40 years to life in prison. He did not... Uh, he didn't uh, make it through, actually. And uh, on his deathbed in prison, he formally admitted to murdering his wife. And then he died. Psycho shit. Yeah, what a piece of shit. Okay, so the Willow Springs Police Department is not up Archer. It's not. It's on Willow Springs Road. Yeah. So it's probably... I think I was thinking of maybe the Justice Police Department. Maybe. Either way, it's it's still a haunted Archer ghost, but it's not really on Archer. It's off Archer. Why do I feel like I know like I've been here? Eric, were you arrested over there? But I probably just drove past it not knowing. Sorry, folks, that this episode was just a lot of me just rambling if on you know and on. It's on. right off of Archer. Yeah. It's off of Archer. So, it's actually... Okay, there's the Grange Road... So if you go past LaGrange, oh, maybe I was thinking of the right department then. It's a little bit, it's past, okay, I was thinking of the Justice Police Department, but uh, Willow Springs one is just a little bit further, and and then you turn on Willow Springs Road. Yeah. Now I yeah now I know where where the confusion came from, but yeah poor Diane I mean look the only thing Diane wasn't a perfect person but nobody is the only thing she's really guilty of is falling in and out of love with a terrible terrible man. Man, no wonder I didn't see her go. Someone passed her on the police department. <laughs> maybe you hey maybe you'll see her. Though. I can I, you know what though it's very wide open there so I can actually believe the fact that her spirit is easily seen because if you I mean yeah. It's, the listeners can't see it, but, but I mean, um, just if, look up Willow Springs Police, Police Department, Department in Illinois. And yeah, there's a lot of it's space. Very wide open. I mean, what? There's like a house or two. Yeah, but that's about it. Even nowadays, even in the more modern times, it's still a pretty wide open spaced area. That's. I mean, I think that's what we were trying to get across in the Archer episode. I mean, when I drove past, it was wide. Open. Yeah, there's a lot of space. But I mean, yeah, just the only thing she's again, like the only thing she's guilty of is 
falling in and love of, in and out of love with a piece of shit. And then you have to, sad thing. and then you know her, her, her the the poor daughter. Now you've, I mean, imagine it just we we talk about it in some of the other episodes. Imagine just having to live with the fact that your dad killed your mom. Well, I mean, she didn't really find out till the end. Uh, but the fam, the- I'm sure, like the family members, like she was raised with after he was well, arrested. I mean, think of how how many parents have to live with the fact that their kids ended up being serial killers. True. It's just some. It's you know, it's just a. Some love them unconditionally, yeah. and then some. See you. Yeah. Bye. You're a monster. I. I mean, that's a fear of mine. Like with my kids, like the moment I see my kids, like even like squeeze a puppy too hard, or oh, pulling doing? the wings off of butterflies or something like that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, what, I as soon as I hear what are the insides look like, I'm like, doctor, uh, what do we do? Yeah. No. Uh, How I, do we prevent murder? I think, I mean, even in those situations, it's not so much, you can't, there's still people just because they don't, their minds don't operate the same way ours do, but like, they're not, they're not, I mean, there's something that happens to a lot of these serial killers that they, something in their brain switches and this is just how they associate Well, I mean, reality. there's always a nurture versus nature True. aspect of it. Like Jeffrey Dahmer, like I, for him, to me, that's more nature. It's more nature. I feel like. So yeah, because well, his 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 like home life was pretty good, right? I mean, other than On the fact counts. like his parents' relationship was kind of, but like drove him to drink. I know that he Jeffrey Dahmer started drinking in high school, and he couldn't handle it with his parents' divorce, and yeah. he, he was kind of like almost like invisible yeah. to them. So, but that's a that's a different podcast. That's that is a, a different episode. But wow, that was uh, that's a, a lot, man. That was a boatload of, and, of information. And honestly, there's a documentary that goes into it a lot better. It it goes more into the FBI side of things and more racketeering side of things. Um, let me see what it was called. It's on YouTube. If you look up FBI files, it's one of the. Uh, it's like I think it's episode twelve, season two. Uh, let's see. It's on the Real Crime Channel. It's called Undercover Ops, Master Plan. It's the FBI files. Uh, it's really good. It's really in-depth. It talks to the uh, investigators who are part of it. The uh, FBI investigators' names was uh, Special Agent Larry Dameron. If Sorry. you're a Star Wars fan, that's the same last name as Poe Dameron. Oh, who's only cool in two movies. And he's really only cool in one movie. Second movie kind of kind of makes him out to be a big idiot, and then the third movie is just a bad movie. But that's a that's a story. I mean, and honestly, honestly, if they weren't involved in, if they weren't involved in this um, mafia sting, and they weren't involved in the mafia in any way, this murder would never been solved. This murder might not have actually even happened. Well, I don't know. He was still a piece of shit. He was 100% a piece of shit, but I mean uh, without the FBI catching wind, if there wasn't an FBI agent listening to the to the call for call, who's listening to the call for the keyword masters disappearing wife it never would have, it never would have gotten solved. Yeah. Uh, if, if, if Corbett if Corbett had remained on the force, I mean, shit, they they never would have found that. They would never would have found. Who knows that what else would have gone untold? Uh, yeah, and also the the reason they found the the reason they found those tire tracks was because somebody called and said, "Hey, I see somebody dumping their car in the river." 
and then they went to go see the tire tracks. They did. They got the dive team out there, and there's hundreds, like at least a hundred car. I don't want to say hundreds; it sounds hyperbolic, Mm -hmm. but at least a hundred cars underneath the river. This, this, this small river. I would honestly say the river is. Is it is it the Plains River? No, it's a Calsag uh, Canal. Okay. It's a canal, so it's not even that big. To me, everything is just the Plains River. <laughs> yeah, this I, that's I mean, shit. I think where, where I mean where I live, the Plains River is everywhere. Yeah, it's it's everywhere. Um, I would say the size of this canal is about you cross the street, you know, through the canal. Yeah, it's just piled. No, I've been cars. I've been past it. Yeah, it's 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 uh, it's tiny, but I mean, there's just not uh, at least a hundred cars down there. This is in the '80s too, when people could just get away with shit. Yeah, well, DNA and forensics weren't really. Yeah, they just started hitting the scene with that. Yeah, I mean, can you imagine if we had the the science we had now back in the day? Oh yeah, I mean, and up until they couldn't prove that Corbett Corbett uh, only got out of jail because they weren't able to prove that he knew the body was in there. Mm-hmm. So they were never he he attests because they never found the hitman who was a. Uh, they never found the trigger, the guy who uh, they hired. Mm-hmm. They were never able to corroborate the uh, story. But then, you know, of course. So, so Alan Masters was in prison. Mm-hmm. What, what was his sentence? Uh, 40 years. 40 years? Mm-hmm. Never made it to it, though. Uh, same with um, uh, Corbett. Corbett served jail time, but not as long. And on his deathbed, he had finally made it to everything. These guys love their deathbed confessionals, man. Yeah, because they want to go out like, yeah, I did this. Yeah, because I, I confess to God my sins. It's like, if you're going to do it on your deathbed, might as well just do it in the fucking beginning. There's a picture of uh, Corbett that I think is actually pretty funny. He's got like a 70s picture where he's just like, hey. <laughs> he's doing like a quote-unquote cool pose. Um, I mean, uh, Keating, uh, Keating died in prison, I believe. He didn't die in prison almost. Uh, no, Corbett got out. <laughs> All right, uh, piece of shit. <laughs> well, that was our continuation of our Archer episode uh, about the mysterious, uh, I guess not mysterious death, nah, not anymore. The assassination of of uh, or the the, the the planned assassination turned yeah. turned spousal murder turned ghost story. Ghost story. It's just a lot. I didn't again like when I said I didn't expect it to be the Archer Avenue episode. It's going to be like a fucking three parter, honestly, because there's a. Uh, the the little mini episode on the resurrection, Action, we yeah. Did. Then the actual Archer yeah. one we originally did, and, and then this, this one. one. So three party. Nice. All right. Uh. Well, thanks for listening. Uh. Make sure to leave a rating and review. It's the best way to help the show out. Uh. It helps. Uh. Get the show out there in Apple Podcasts. Yeah, helps r- people find it. Rated at least four stars. I prefer a five. Uh, it's not that hard. Just, just scroll down at the bottom of your app. Just do a little flick. Yeah. After five stars, uh, follow <laughs> follow me on uh, 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 Instagram and follow me Z Green Machine. Yeah, oh. on uh, Z Green Machine on Instagram. I got tons of posts on there. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Instagram, Facebook, Totally Wong Podcast. Uh, I'm on Twitter as well. I try to be active. I that's that's a millennial thing for me. I I try. I just share links. This <laughs> <laughs> is uh, pretty cool. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time. Oh, yeah. You'll hear me next time.